Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today is abundance teacher and money coach, Jody Lynn Craven. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Now, this may also be our daily dose of internet misconnectivity because that's the way my internet has been today. So I don't know what's going to happen. We'll find out. But fortunately, Jody Lynn is here with me and she'll be able to keep things going. If for some reason I get knocked offline for from time to time during the show. Uh, so Jody Lynn, I mean, that you've been practicing now with me as a co-host for like, what, seven, eight months, something like that. So I think you're ready I, for this assignment. I think we're almost at a year. Is it a year? I think so. Well, you're right. It, it was like, it was April, wasn't it? That is almost a year. Yeah. It's been a while. Wow. I know. What a Time great year has. it's been too. It's been yeah. really good. Yeah. So, and we have a, a guest joining us today. His name is Blair Aby. And, uh, Blair, well, like everybody who comes onto the show, everybody has kind of an interesting story. His interesting story is how he basically outed somebody who was messing up at a company and got outed himself, <laughs> which is funny, but it's also sad because it kind of ended his career, uh, his previous career. And, and uh, the, I guess the positive is it turned into to a new career. So I, I'm screwing up the story. I'm going to let him tell the story. But Blair, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And I've been looking forward to being here with you. So straighten me out here. Let, let's let's get that story clear because obviously I was kind of uh, you know crunching it up a bit there. Tell us exactly yeah. what happened. Well, you fundamentally had it right. I'll give you a little more detail. Um, okay. I moved from North Carolina to San Diego about eight years ago to take a a very large promotion to being a, an associate state director of a program that I had been involved with. Uh, that was sponsored by the Small Business Administration. Turned out my boss was a psychopath. Um, but I hadn't been able to detect that in the interview process, and nobody would tell me that that's what I was about to get into, unfortunately. Uh, and, and it was only after I got there that I realized uh, um, the big problem that I had personally, but that we all there who, who worked there had. She was abusing employees, misusing funds, um, and basically running the program into the ground. But she was a mastress or mistress of smoke and mirrors. So uh -huh. the people who were supposed to be monitoring what she was doing and, um, you know, making sure the program was on track uh, weren't doing their job. Uh, so About a year into it, I said, I can't do this anymore. Um, uh, and I've got to let somebody know what the problem is. Because, I mean, I wouldn't let myself be abused, but just watching other people getting abused on a daily basis was just more than I could take. So I reported her. There was an investigation done. She got fired, but then I got fired too. Um, and they said I was a troublemaker. Well, the trouble that I had made was to bring uh, unwanted attention to the program and to the fact that the people above were not paying attention and were not doing a good job. And as a result, I lost my job too. Well, that was devastating, as you can imagine. It ended a 25-year career trajectory uh, that had me headed for a, a state director job. Um, and uh, my, my ego was out to here. I was crushed and my income disappeared. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I began really going about 
reinventing myself, remaking myself. And part of that was to do journaling as a therapy. Uh-huh. So I it would journal every night uh, for uh, sometimes hours at a time. And one one night, um, I got a, a kind of a – the hair on the back of my neck was raised in a, a, just a powerful um, sense of energy started coming through. Uh, and, and as I sat there typing, it was like it was like I was typing – channeling, but it wasn't channeling. What I realized after a bit was it was soul connection that my higher self or my soul had kind of broken through and I had allowed or had gotten to the point of um, being able to allow that contact to happen. Now, I'd been meditating for about 45 years, started doing um, yoga when I was in San Francisco some 45, seven years ago. Um, and been, had been meditating ever since, but really never had that sense of breakthrough uh, into into soul contact or into spirit. Um, and that was that was huge um, because I had been kind of looking for for that, but I didn't really know what I was looking for. It was just I'd never gotten to the point, I think, of being sufficiently aware and awake and open to having that kind of soul contact or higher consciousness contact. And from there, uh, things began to um, just really open up. Uh, I continued to write. I continued to kind of let spirit flow through my fingers uh, onto the, um, through the keyboard and onto the computer screen. And after about 150,000 words, I realized that I had material that would be um, uh, good material for books or perhaps even a series of books. And that's proven to be true. I've now done almost a million words of, uh, of journaling. Um, and that material I've shaped into now six books, uh, one on meditation and, the ben- and one on uh, the benefits of the meditation and the research on meditation, one on mindfulness, one on manifestation, law of attraction, um, one a poetry book, which was kind of an interesting uh, a book to do. I'd never done any poetry. I really never done any expected to do any writing. Uh, and then my my most recent book is a uh, is, is a meditation journal where you can uh, write down your thoughts about what you're doing with the meditation practices and tools techniques that I have to offer. And then my next book is on health and wellness, and that'll come out mid year. Wow. wow. So it was, uh, it was just, I mean, words just start, you know, words just started pouring through me. And it was just up to me to kind of get it organized and, and uh, uh, you know, put it into a readable form. Jody Lynn, I don't know about you, but as I was listening to this, I'm saying to myself, wow, source energy poetry. I didn't know that you could get source energy to do poetry. That's that's pretty cool right there. Yeah. I I was thinking about how wild it would be if you're not a poet to all of a sudden be writing poetry and seeing like feeling the words come through. I've had this experience as well of like the words flowing through and source and spirit and channeling. Um so I've well, been blown. Challenge. Yeah, it, yeah, it became a challenge. I read Rumi. <laughs> Uh, who's, you know, an ancient poet. And this book is really dedicated to Rumi. Uh, it's, it's, um, 
uh, it, it's it's sort of my version of what he was talking about mm-hmm. those many years ago. Wow. And how appropriate that, that this is the day where my internet is giving me a, a kind of a flaky time, Jody, Glenn, because your channel and yeah. here's Blair talking about how he's been able to uh, sort of, I'm, I'm not sure how, what he, he terms it as, but essentially channel. I've, nothing like having one channel to interview another one. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So much commonality. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Oh, I love yeah. it. So I have a question right off the, blat, the bat, Blair. Um, okay. When this started happening, And you're sitting there and it's flowing through you. You know, question one would be like, how long did that episode last? And then when you got up from the keyboard, what were you thinking? Mm. Um, I would say that lasted for about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, And when I got up, I thought, wow, something just happened that (laughs) I, I certainly wasn't expecting and which was fabulous. And I certainly would like to have this uh, happen again. So as I continued, you know, over the next weeks, um, the the, the channel, if you will, began to be clearer and it, it was clearly distinguishable from my voice and even my understanding about meditation, five dimensional reality, um, um, the, the notion that we're all eternal beings here on planet Earth, um, mm-hmm. occupying these very complicated biomechanical vehicles with a onboard computer that won't stop, uh, you know, chatter, 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 chattering. Um, and, um, it, it was as if, it was as if spirit or soul higher consciousness had consciousness had been waiting my whole lifetime, perhaps multiple lifetimes to make soul contact while I was in a three dimensional body, which is, I think, really what all of our master teachers talked about their experience. I mean, Jesus talked about it as being the, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And all of our master teachers said something to that same effect about their experience of higher consciousness. So what this what this obviously then was, was touching into higher consciousness, having soul contact and having experiences similar to what our master teachers had had, all of which weren't wanting to be gods put up on a pedestal, but instead were pointing in the direction of here's here's what I know, here's how you can know what I know. So that's what I think think they were teaching their disciples uh, and their adherents all along was that I've had this experience and let me show you that you can have this experience because it's right inside of you. It's sitting there right in your heart just waiting for you to acknowledge that and perhaps for you to make it clear enough to hear that still small voice, which is the beauty of meditation. Mm-hmm. Meditation gets you out of the chatter, 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 chatter into some quiet that will allow then that still small voice, that inner uh, 
that, that, that so allow soul contact to happen and allow the words to start flowing through, whether it's a conversation in your ears and your, in your brain or whether it's words flowing through the keyboard or whatever that happens to be for you. You know, as you're describing this, I'm thinking about uh, how there's been sort of a, I don't know, an evolution, I guess maybe is the right word, over the particularly over the last 20, 30 years. But I think you could also point to it over the millennia, too, because you mentioned uh, Jesus and there are others who go back many, many, many years. Yeah. Uh, where And you can kind of see in that evolution where now that, like I've interviewed a number of people here on the show, like Jody Lynn, who are good at, at being able to receive and, and in a sense transmit that that data, that information. I've never really been great at it. I can sometimes a little bit do it. Um, but Jody Lynn and everybody else I've talked to who can do this says, well, anybody can do this. You, everybody has the ability to do this. And then they, they, they spend so much time trying to get the rest of us to see how we can actually do it. And so I'm yeah. kind of thinking like, well, so Jesus is trying to talk to his disciples, trying to convince them they could do it. He was doing it at a time where very few could actually do it. I, I could just imagine the confusion in his head, like, how do I get these people to do what I know is so easy to do? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Which is what a, what a, you know, a teacher like that is about. And, and fortunately, the words have passed down through the centuries, and, 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 and we have access to them, uh, whether it be Jesus or Buddha or Lao Tzu or, you know, whomever, um, and including, you know, teachers, uh, you know, in our own, in our own times. Um, uh, but I think the experience of soul contact or contact with fifth, fifth dimensional consciousness, higher consciousness is, is fundamentally the same for everybody, but everybody then has their own individual, uh, take on it, uh, their own individual methodology, their own individual words, you know, that they place to the experience. Mm -hmm. Is that your understanding, Jody Lynn? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that, hmm, yes and no. (laughs) I like that answer. Can you elaborate on that one? (laughs) I believe that all of the information that ever was or ever will be is available to every human, every being on this planet. And I think at the same time that there's people on the earth right now that have access to different fractals or factions or, or whatever, um, perhaps because of their past lives or whatever gifts they were given in, in this life in terms of understanding and then maybe regurgitating the information. Yes. Um, so that's why I would say yes and no. <laughs> but we definitely would agree uh, about that. You know, I think that's really true. And I, I think, I think everybody has their gifts and everybody has their translation on it. And even everybody has their own methodology by, by which they go about, um, um, you know, making that contact. Uh, yeah. Um, did did you have an experience of that through meditation or were you trained in, in that way or did you, were you born with that? Um, well, I think all of the above okay. actually, I didn't, I didn't know it was something that I could do. 
Um, but I, I have a financial brokerage business and, and I would be sitting, you know, kneecap to kneecap with clients, families, and I would download information that they hadn't told me questions to ask. And, and I would just naturally follow it. I'm, I'm a horse person. So naturally sensitive to energies of animals. And I kind of brought that into my brokerage practice in listening skills and, and understanding in terms of vibration, but all unconscious. I didn't know it was something that I was doing. I would just receive questions or areas to focus on. And then I would go in that direction. And it wasn't until later in life that I, I noticed that I had this skill or ability and started to meditate more and to have more fluid conversations with my higher self and guide teams. And then, then I went for formal training because I knew that I couldn't at that time, when I first started learning, I was actually channeling a book. I didn't know yes. I was trying to figure <laughs> out money. Um, I call it abundance consciousness. And I, you know, learned, read all the books and was, you know, being happy and doing all of the things. And I just felt like I wasn't getting the actual meat and potatoes of what I was supposed to be getting. So I just yeah. went within and started asking some questions like, how, how do I need to reframe this? What do I need to do? And so questions uh, uh, surrounding money and my consciousness and my relationship around money started to flood through and different yeah. perspectives of looking at it. So I would write the things down. And then when I actually sat down and was open, I started to channel through um, the abundance consciousness book that I wrote. So the nine phases of consciousness that we go through and it's related to money, but it's related to everything that we do because it's all relative. Um, yes. But I couldn't get the information fluidly. Like I couldn't just sit down and be like, okay, now I'm ready. It would come <laughs> when I was driving or, sure, when I was, I understand you know, that. Yeah, sure. yeah. So <laughs> then I went for formal training so that I could turn it on and turn it off so I could receive when I was in a space to receive and I could ask and have more of a fluid dialogue. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Well, get, given that you, you'll be really interested in the uh, best possible outcomes process that I developed, which is sure. in my, which is in my manifestation book. Um, and <clears throat> my, my approach to everything is sort of a, a spiritual approach to everything. I, like you, uh, experimented with a lot of the um, traditional information about law of attraction and about manifestation and so forth. And I never really found that that worked very well for me. Mm -hmm. um, it was spotty, you know, and I couldn't understand wh what was cause and effect. Um, but um, as I began to... Um, as I began to do work in this area, uh, the, 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 the information that I got, uh, and the process ultimately that I developed was called the best possible outcomes process. And the best possible outcomes process goes like this. I ask for the best possible outcome with the podcast I'm about to do. Um, <laughs> With Walt and Jody Lynn, mm -hmm. um, and then pause, get quiet, get a sense that spirit has engaged or that my soul has engaged, and then offer a thank you to spirit or to soul for being involved in my life. Now, 
you'll recognize this as having some interesting components to it. The first is asking, um, asking you re- shall receive kind of thing mm-hmm. for the best possible outcome for everybody involved mm-hmm. um, around a certain issue, but not my prescription as to what should happen, not my prescription as to how close the parking place needs to be, you know, that I'm, cause you can use it for anything. Um, yeah. Not how close the parking place needs to be. Cause maybe it needs that I need to be a block away and I need to walk by something that catches my attention. And that's the best possible outcome. And spirit knows that better than I do. Yeah. So, or something uh, you've never thought of, like they have free valet. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. That's right. Um, so it's a it's a generalized ask. It's not a specific ask. It's not my mind dictating to God like God is some Santa Claus who's going to, you know, deliver a BMW to my driveway tomorrow. Um, uh, and, 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 and then <clears throat> be quiet and let and, and get a sense that spirit has engaged because I know spirit knows more what I need for my growth and evolution than I know what I need for my growth and evolution. Um, we're getting closer and closer and, and the congruency is, is greater and greater, but um, turning it over to spirit and letting that then be the generator of the <clears throat> specific three-dimensional activities from a place of asking and then waiting and trusting and not dictating and then thanking spirit at the end of the process for its involvement in my life, for its engagement in my life, for its, for my relationship with that. Yeah. So that's how I found law of attraction works to generate the attraction of good people, places, things, circumstances. Um, and perhaps better than I thought in my three-dimensional mind. Um, and having that part of myself engaged in the process. Mm-hmm. When you talked about best possible outcome, uh, yes. a thought kept coming to my mind. And the thought that kept coming to my mind is, well, from whose perspective? And instantly the answer was, well, obviously, from the perspective of the person doing the asking. And right. then I instantly had this reflection of, yeah, how interesting that not everybody's going to want the same thing in the same circumstance. There's going to be different ideas about what's the best possible outcome. That's right. And your soul may have a different outcome related mm-hmm. to something uh, <clears throat> that you're putting your attention on than, than, I, than, than my soul would have and, and for mm-hmm. me. So your soul knows best what you need and want for your evolution. My soul know, need, knows what I need be- <clears throat> best for my growth and evolution and will engage in that way. Um, now, the beauty of that partially is that you rise up in your vibratory rate. So law of attraction also kind of kicks in in that way. Um, I mean, I think all of us probably have the same notion that we create our own reality. Well, one of the ways that we create our own reality is by the vibratory rate that we give off 
and the corresponding things that are attracted to us based on the vibratory rate that we get off. Well, if you're vibrating at a high rate of vibration and you've, you've put yourself into that state uh, through your meditation and you've had soul contact, which also raises that vibratory rate in a particular way, then the likelihood of the universe matching that is very great. Yeah. Is, is that so, a fair thing to say? Do, you, you, do, do both of you think that we create our own realities by virtue of? Oh, yeah. Combination of, of who we are and what we want and circumstances and all of that. And, and the method that you've taken to, uh, to maximize results for yourself has a way of, it's a, it's a rather interesting, unique way of getting around resistance points because we all have these resistance points. And that one just says, screw the resistance points. We're going to go past them entirely. We're going to mm-hmm. bypass them. And we're just going to say, give me the best result I can get. <laughs> That's right. And, 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 I'll, and I'll accept whatever, you know, is, is supposed to happen and um, needs to happen. Um, and it, it's like the um, going back to the, the to my story. I, I had no idea that what I really needed to do was stop the career trajectory that I was mm. on. Yeah. I had no idea that that was what, what really, uh, that I needed to take a right-hand turn and that I needed to under, engage something new and different. Um, and I needed to do the writing that I'm doing and the, and the sharing of the information that's coming to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that wasn't even, that, that was not on any, uh, uh, chalkboard uh, anywhere or any whiteboard that I'd ever written on uh, as to how I wanted my life to turn out. Mm-hmm. You, you may not remember this, but I'm, I'm going to ask it anyway, because uh, okay. you, you, you described the sequence of events here. And it's pretty clear that your understanding about how to manifest came after that series of events at that old job. But the question that's in my mind is, and you may remember, who knows, do you recall actually at, at that point in time saying something to the effect of let the best thing happen that could happen? No, because I my my initial response was uh, this is terrible. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was that flight or flight, you know, uh, fight or flight uh, reaction, fear, mm-hmm. uh, um, and uh, confusion uh, as to what had happened. Um, but uh, you know, there was no going back at that point, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, clearly. Um, I was, I was going to be doing something else with my life. Um, and fortunately I had some resources set aside. So I had some time to kind of work on it. And then the unfolding began to happen. You know, I, I probably never would have really had, I don't know, speculation. Never, I might never have had that breakthrough had I not had to, uh, really face a deep dive into my meditation and uh, developing a new meditation process, by the way, well, that has that same bypassing quality to it uh, that we can explore if you like um, when it comes to just meditation practice in general. Uh, the meditation practice that I came up with, higher consciousness meditation, um, really has that same quality to it. Mm-hmm. What I really like about what you're talking about, Blair, too, when you do that internal check in. Of like you, I think you called it something like connecting with source, getting them on board or, or, or however you described it to me. That was a moment of time of reflection of the soul. 
you know, really connecting with the things maybe that it is that you want and, and what is possible and, and what is meant for you. Cause I think, and I think that's so brilliant and something that I talk about in abundance consciousness as well, because we get so caught up in our mind about, I want this amount of money so that I can be happy or I can be free or I, you know, I want it to look like this. And when you yeah. check in with your soul, the soul is like, well, better is, is available. Like, why would you choose that small little box? And what you're trying to achieve is not, you know, this paper currency that's actually like worthless. It's, it's yeah. so much more, all of these things. But until you do that check in, you're stuck in that box of, perceived reality and chasing things, you know, that you may not actually on the soul level truly desire. You know, my dad used to say it like you climb up the ladder and he was talking about corporations, but it applies to everything. You're climbing up this ladder and then you get to the top of the ladder and realize you climbed the wrong one. Right. (laughs) So it's like doing that check-in of like, okay, without attachment, like whatever, you know, this, you know, the most evolved side of me, that higher self, the, you know, source on the other side, you know, has planned for my life. And and even what I signed up for, for this lifetime, what is that? And taking that breath and you might not have any of those answers, but it's just a connection with that. And I think that's really brilliant. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's, it's not our fault, if you will, if you want to, you know, put it in those words, because we're all born into three-dimensional reality. We can kind of have an agreement to forget who we are just before we pass over, you know, through our, our mothers, you know, onto, onto planet Earth. And then we are trained from the womb on to be warriors as three-dimensional beings in the world um, to try and do the best possible job we can as a three-dimensional being to strive uh, and to achieve. Um, uh, and, and, and nobody really has a, an alternative, at least my experience was, nobody had an alternative narrative that said, well, in addition to you being a three-dimensional being in a dog-eat-dog world, and it's going to be your responsibility to try and um, <clears throat> make the best of it that you can. And and yes, it's a fearful kind of place because of all the circumstances that we all know about. None mm-hmm. of us escape childhood uns- unscratched. Um, so there, there's no other narrative unless and, and, and until we begin to delve into spirit and to um, – uh, you know, five dimensional, uh, options, perhaps with a, a teacher or it, tools or whatever allows you to do that and to begin to peek into that. Cause I think my soul, like I said, had, had been waiting for certainly a whole lifetime, but had perhaps multiple lifetimes for me to get clear enough and quiet enough for soul to actually come through. But I think everybody's soul wants in. And in fact, I think if we don't, if we don't begin to, as a species, evolve beyond this three-dimensional consciousness that we have, we're headed for major trouble, and we don't really have any good tools to deal with the major trouble that's coming our way. That it's really going to take a change in 
in mass consciousness of some sort for um, for my children and my grandchildren to be um, uh, in something other than a dystopian reality in the next 50 years. Well, th- there's an interesting thing change. here. There, there's an interesting mm-hmm. thing here. Let me tell you what the interesting thing is. And I think it tied into okay. exactly what you just said. I'm going to flip back to where you were going through the, the change of career. And it just, I asked you, you know, did you have any kind of uh, request or anything like that? You don't, you didn't recall any kind of request. You just found that, that it kind of caught you by surprise and just happened. How interesting. You didn't ask the question. You didn't make the request, uh, give me the best possible outcome, but the best possible outcome was delivered to you anyway. It was. That's right. And the best and, possible and, and, outcome. And so, so, so if I take that one step further to the question of yes. well, what happens if we fall on the same path, it sounds to me like the answer is the best possible outcome is going to be delivered anyway, even though people don't know to, to ask for it. Mm-hmm. The beauty is, though, if you learn a best possible outcomes process, you can do it consciously right. instead of having it sort of happen to you if you go down into you know, some kind of awful situation and have to claw your way out of it and reinvent yourself yes. um, if you're if you're able to use some tools it's much easier yeah I mean, when you that, have the tools. That, gives you, that gives you a lot of power uh mm-hmm. you know just to be in control of your life mm-hmm. what, what were wow. we saying about the tools jody lynn well yeah it makes it so much easier when you have tools you think about like literally climbing out of a hole if you've got yeah. no rope or no axe pick or no any tool, like you don't even have a stick at the bottom of this pit, you're you're really in trouble. You're trying to do everything that you can, but but if you had a ladder, you know, yes. you could just set her up and climb on out. Like it's so much easier when you have the tools and you're consciously aware of what's going on. I agree. And I think meditation is such is, is such a great tool. Um it's, it's, I think, the most direct path to waking up mm-hmm. is uh, some kind of meditation practice, whether it's a sit-down meditation practice or whether it's using mindfulness or you, whether it's using a best possible outcomes process or using all three, which I do. I do meditation in the morning, sit-down meditation in the morning, sit-down in the evening. I do some mindfulness practices during the day just to kind of keep myself tuned up mm-hmm. and then uh, – um, several times a day, mostly, um, there'll be something that I'll use the best possible outcomes process for because you can use it for anything. It doesn't have to be a big thing. You can use it for a small thing. You can use it really for anything. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it is, Blair, that people avoid meditating or more people don't meditate? Well, I think traditional meditation is hard. I found it to be. Um, I found the idea of sitting down and um, trying to quiet my mind down using some techniques, some tools and techniques for doing that, that have been, that I've been exposed to. I just found that difficult. I found my mind just wants to be in, wanted to be in charge, it want, wanted to be in charge. It, want, it wanted to, to, you know, to, to, to constantly become commenting on everything. Um, now, uh, there would there would be times when I would get to that place of quiet, but it really wasn't until <clears throat> my higher consciousness. I and I use the term familiar the, uh, the term high C as kind of a familiar term for my higher consciousness or my soul. So 
say high C when I'm talking to my higher consciousness. Um, higher conscious soul taught me a new meditation process that I found very valuable. And it's a, it's a process that I called higher consciousness meditation. And it, to me, it's a, it's meditation 2.0. It again sort of bypasses some of the traditional ways of doing things. And it starts by offering open-ended statements, um, one of which is the all or God is, and then pausing to see what kind of response you get to the request, really, for God to respond to, or for, I like to use the all instead of God, because God, to me, has too many connotations. Mm-hmm. But um, that, that um, the all wants a relationship with me. I'm a part of the all. I'm a sliver or a spark of the all. We are both of the same consciousness. We both exist and are conscious. The most fundamental thing that we know about ourselves is that we exist and that we're conscious and that that consciousness is an individualized version of the consciousness of the all. So those ideas began to, to come to me when I would just ask the open ended question or statement, make an open ended statement. The all is and then just wait for the all to respond and then saying, I'm one with that. Yeah, I, I see that that and I are one. Um, and then the next part of the process is higher consciousness or soul is. And again, waiting for soul to respond. And that, I think, is a very effective way of making soul contact because you've made, you've offered the invitation and soul just wants the invitation to rush in and to make your acquaintance. Um, and, and just letting that. So it's, it's friend, companion, it's, um, um, uh, uh, higher consciousness, the other part of me, um, it's that which is one with the all. I mean, there are all kinds of, of understandings, which if you just open to the, they open the space for that to come in, that begin to come into you. And you begin to see, well, yeah, in fact, you're one with that also. That, that 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 is in some ways it's the greatest accomplishment I think that a human can have in a lifetime is to make soul contact. Let me just say it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to um, state uh, third step, uh, I am an eternal being, one with the all, one with my soul. And that sort of solidifies that whole, well, you can see if you're doing meditation that way, that again, you're sort of turning it over to spirit to be your guide rather than the brief quieting of your mind and those little pieces of time in there where it's quiet for a moment. 
if you have longer periods of time and if if the result is soul contact that you can make dramatic uh, growth. You can have dramatic growth uh, in a fairly short period of time. Yeah. One thing that you made reference to earlier was the idea. Oh, I don't know if he uh, got kicked out. <laughs> yeah. He'll be back in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, Blair. And the, the visual that I was getting as you were talking yes. is um, I, I don't know if you had in the States back in the day, but the party line, you know, you'd pick up your phone and it was like daisy chained through multiple yes. different households. Yes. So I got when you when you said, um, you know, the first statement, it was like picking up a phone like, hey. And then it, it was like, um, the second visual I got was like picking up a different phone and then they all merged into one. And it was like this party chain or this daisy chain of, of, um, of voices or different connections, you know, and I yes. saw it back to the way that you said it. Such a, a right. beautiful imagery of, of exactly what you're talking about. It's like uh, uh, picking up the phone. Like I'm ready to listen. I'm ready. I'm ready to listen. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've come to realize, and, and I grew up in a Christian church, and there was a lot of prayer stuff going on, but it was always asking for something. It was always asking God for something. You know, I've come to realize that prayer is is a listening activity. It's not a talking activity. Again, it's not asking God as if God were Santa Claus, you know, yeah. to deliver you some whatever it is that you think you need and want at the present moment. Um, but instead, it's a it's a it's a listening activity. It's a opening up to spirit to communicate with you, or in the case of the best possible outcome, opening up to spirit to offer you the best possible outcome for you personally uh, in your growth and evolution. Um, so uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of this really is using various meditation techniques and so forth to just open up your consciousness to to ideas, to messages, to outcomes, to uh, synchronicity, if you will, uh, so that you're, you're, you begin to get a sense that there is, in fact, a five-dimensional world out there, and you, you start kind of seeing that that's certainly a better world, uh, a, 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 um, um, a more, more better place to be, uh, and, um, that it really, in fact, in, informs three dimensional reality. And it's, it's, it's where we'll go, you know, when we take our last breath here, we'll breathe our next breath in five dimensional reality. When we're over there and we're coming onto planet Earth, we have a last breath there and we have our first breath on, in, on planet Earth. Well, if we can have that here now, heaven here now, if you will, you know, we don't have to wait till we die to have that experience. We have that experience here. Yeah. Well, you were in the middle of a question and then you kind of dropped off, but I'm Yeah, I, I can actually hear you say, gee, I think we lost him. I mean, I, I was actually hearing that part, but <laughs> um, I'm not sure exactly where I got cut off, but uh, let, let me try it this way. Uh, I made reference to the fact that you made reference to the fact that, you know, you could be on the wrong ladder. And it made me think of an Abraham Hicks 
uh, concept, which is you can't get it wrong and you'll never get it done. And the you can't get it wrong part. I mean, we all want to make sure we're climbing the right ladders in life. And yet there's that little reminder that says, it doesn't matter what ladder you're climbing. You can't get it wrong. That's an interesting juxtaposition. How do you think about that one? I think when, and this is kind of a mysterious thing that that I don't yet understand exactly. I think there's a point in every person's life where the ladder that you're on is insufficient. Not that it's bad or good, uh, not that it's not even fabulous, but that it's it, it where you're touched by something, spirit in some way, uh, state of grace in some way, by something. Um, when when you're ready to open up to an expanded way of being and an ex, an expansion of your consciousness and you know i don't understand what brings somebody to that specific moment i know what happened in my case it was really kind of a very difficult situation but i had had a lot of training in spirituality prior to that so it was a juxtaposition of, you know, very, but, you know, I think I was ready and I think spirit wanted me, you know, to go off in a, in a, in a different direction and to do what I'm doing now instead of what I was doing then. Don't understand it. But all I can say is if you open up to it, there's the opportunity is there and you can shift ladders in, uh, you know, in the middle of being on one, you can just shift over onto another ladder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think, um, I, I think it's such a, a mind bending concept that you can't get it wrong and you'll never, you'll never get it done. Um, but it's something that has, um, like the, the belief system underneath it, like that you can't get it wrong has really been with me, has been a cherished belief of mine throughout my life. Every time something doesn't go the way that I think it, it should be going or something awful, if you will, at the time, uh, happens. I, I always say that it always happens for a reason. It's always for the better. Like I'm always being led in the direction that I'm supposed to go or that I'm meant to go. So there's a, there's a reason for this, but it is difficult to get your mind around. It is. Um, I think, in, and, and unless you have <clears throat> some kind of meditative practice or unless you have soul contact or whatever, you know, you, to some degree you're left with, you know, your, your, your human tools. And, um, but if you get access to some spiritual tools, then, uh, I think you can, number one, um, <clears throat> you, you can begin to understand what just happened and, and maybe why what just happened a learning moment um, and will propel you forward or where you'll get some information that, that says, you know, this is what this is about. And, um, <clears throat> you know, perhaps you needed to become more compassionate. Perhaps you needed to, um, you know, stop focusing, stop being on the wrong ladder. Perhaps you needed to um, some something some lesson was 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 needed and so the question is really just opening up to well what was that about 
What can I learn from that? What can I take away from that? What does spirit have to say to me about that? Mm-hmm. Beautiful questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Walt, did you have something to add there? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing in and out here, so I'm not sure I heard the whole answer, to be honest. But I did hear pieces of what both of you said, so that was good. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I'm glad that you're actually uh, taking the lead on much of this stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I think I would just add in, it, it, it's one of the fascinating dichotomies of life. On the one hand, we all have these things that we want to accomplish and that we, we aim at it. We say, okay, this is where I want to go. I got myself, you know, I'm in my vibrational state. My, my vision board's over here. I've been doing my meditating. Oh, wait a minute. Wrong ladder. Oh, I got the wrong ladder. You know, we're very prone to that. But as you point out, you know, it turns out that that isn't necessarily the wrong ladder. It could actually be a pretty good ladder. It's just the one that you didn't have in mind. That's all. That's right. Yeah. It could be that that 40, that 90 degree turn needed to happen. It, yeah. it certainly did for me. It needed to happen. Uh, and I, I was completely confused and devastated <clears throat> when it happened. Now I realize it's the best thing that could have happened. Um, mm. but in the moment, you know, <clears throat> I didn't realize it and I didn't have the tools, um, to, uh, <clears throat> to delve into it. But mm-hmm. as a result, the tools, came and the soul contact occurred and and all of those magical things happened and it, it, it's it's it, um, <laughs> I not only forgive the lady who got me fired but <clears throat> you know I'm grateful now for everything that happened um, uh, such that uh, I was given the opportunity basically to reinvent myself and to find something that I've been looking for for a long time, but didn't know how to get there. There's an aspect to this whole process that I've been coming face to face with, uh, particularly over the last six months. You didn't know this, Blair, but I got divorced over the last few months, and it was a big, really big to do a lot of stuff happen. Big change. Oh, yeah. Listeners know all about it, but it it was pretty big. Um, But as you're going through it, this is the, the biggest thing I've been taking away from it is, the first time that I had something like that happen, oh no, I wanted to hear the rest and then of that. I get all the spirits. No, well, I'm back. I'm back. Here we go. I'm back. <laughs> I, 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 I remember the first few times that I started experiencing stuff like that, and and I was getting knocked off my rocker, and I was I had some sense of how, about how how the whole spiritual thing worked, but not quite those first few times. It really rocked me when stuff happens. And then over time, as more and more of them has happened, it's gotten to the point where it's less and less rocking me. Like mm-hmm. what the divorce rocked me for sure, but not like it did before with other stuff. This time around, it was like, Oh, I have to go through this again. <laughs> it was, it was more like a, a matter of fact thing rather than, ah, Right. I think that kind of happens over time. You kind of get used to it. Like, oh, okay. We're we're doing this again, are we? (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, and and doors close and doors open. Um, So you know, door door will close, but then there's a there's a door, another door that'll open up. And uh, if you're if you're attuned, I think, and if you're spiritually aware, um. The, and you could you know use the best possible outcomes process 
as a tool, you can have that result in a best possible outcome, even though in your human mind, you would say, no, 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 this is not what I want. This is not what I need. This is, this, this is, you know, um, so sometimes it just takes a, a little bit of time to go by before you begin to see, oh, that's what that was about. Oh, what, that's what that was about. Well, again, if you've got, if you, if you get your spirit involved, you get your soul involved, that realization happens quicker. And I think that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, so I'm trying to think of where we want to go from, from this side of the conversation, because we've gone all over the place talking about so many different things. Um, so, I mean, how did your life, like what happened after you started, you know, writing fluidly writing and all of that? Like, tell me about your relationships, your like, cause I imagine going from not being able to do this, then being, you know, fired, a big deal. And then all of a sudden you step into this new reality, if you will, where, I, I, for me, a lot of the things that the foundations that I built my life on started to, to crumble or cracks in them. Like w- what I was seeing wasn't what I used to see, if that makes sense. Did you have moments of that too? And, and what happened with friends and family and loved ones? And how yes. did that look for you? I would, well, certainly I moved from San Diego to back to San Francisco. Um, my, my son was in Oakland, um, and he offered me a job working on his house. Uh, okay. and I have, I have construction in my background. So that gave me an opportunity to kind of, um, get involved with him and with his family and his, my grandchildren. And so all of that changed. And I got back to San Francisco where, which has always seemed like home to me. Um, and I was recontacted, you know, people that I, that I knew from the past. Um, but as much as anything, what I would say has happened in addition to the writing and the meditating and soul contact and all of that is that, um, my wife and I've just kind of created a, a, a sanctuary, if you will, uh, in the little town that we live in north of San Francisco. And it's, it's a little bit on a hill. We've got a nice view. And, um, I mean, life is just very, very, very beautiful. Um, and that's kind of been the direction since I, since the eight year uh, ago time when things got really awful. Uh, it, it just seems to be getting better and better. And I'm having opportunities to talk with folks like you now, um, in addition to my writing and, and to my um, readers and to my, to my students. Um, uh, and it, it just keeps, it just keeps expanding out, just keeps expanding out. Um, and, and at a, at a peace, in a peaceful sort of way, uh, is what I would say about how it's going now. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. 
this has been quite the conversation, particularly since I missed about, uh, I don't know, 20% of it, something like that. <laughs> but I know that it's been good for everybody else. So that's the good yeah. thing. It's also been an opportunity for me to practice uh, what I preach. Like, okay, another ladder that didn't work. Let's just sit back and wait for the next one. <laughs> But uh, that's okay. No, this has been really good. Um, you mentioned earlier that uh, you have a number of books, including the mindfulness book. And uh, yes. before we got going, you mentioned that there's a way for reader, for listeners to get a hold of that. Yes. Um, if they just go to my website, which is highcmeditation.com, that's H-I-C, as in high C, the note high C, uh, or in my case, higher consciousness meditation, highcmeditation.com. Um, on the site, you can pick up a free copy of the Mindfulness book, which is one of my uh, more popular books. Um, there's lots to do there. There's a blog uh, posts and then sample chapters and videos and so on and so forth. Uh, you can also go to my um, YouTube channel, which is Higher Consciousness with Blair Aby. Um, YouTube channel and see some of the videos that I've done and so forth. So those are all ways that people can connect into what I do. The books that I've done are at Amazon and you can get the whole series uh, or you can get, you know, one book at a time. You can get e-books, you can get paperback books. Um, so there's lots of my ideas out there and lots of different ways that people can connect into uh, if they're uh, if they're interested. That's great. That's fabulous. And thank you on behalf of the listeners for offering that. It's a very generous gift. Yes. I also want to uh, acknowledge in you what I acknowledge with all of our guests because we have guests who are coming on all the time who are givers and you're a giver because you give so much information. You give help to people that you've never met, that you've never seen. And we often don't get recognition for the ones that we don't know about, the ones that we can't see, the ones that just pick up the content and get something out of it. And we don't really know what happened. So I like That's to right. give that I like to give that recognition. So on behalf of those people you've never met, you've never seen, thank you for what you've been putting out there and what you're continuing to put out. Well, you're welcome. And anybody who, who, uh, who wakes up as a result, and that's, you know, just one person as a result of this conversation wakes up. That's what I'm after, you know, is people waking up, people growing up, people evolving, and people uh, making soul contact, if that's even possible in this lifetime. So rise and shine, everybody. Right. <laughs> it's time to wake up. Wake up. Oh, it's been great. And Jody Lynn, thank you so much for uh, you know stepping in and, and filling in when I couldn't talk because the yeah, internet gods were saying, no, not today, Walt. Sorry. It's going to be Jody Lynn's turn. Oh, it gives me a, you know, a deeper appreciation than I already had, you know, because I already appreciated you, but a deeper appreciation for all that you do and how you lead the show because you make it look super easy. Um, and it's, it's maybe easy for you, but not everyone. <laughs> That's what makes you special. Well, thank so you. I appreciate you, that. <laughs> and, and, and by the show. way, it's getting easier for you. I, I want to just point out over time, it's getting easier. It's, you know, I can just see it. <laughs> it's a great channel for communication and for it is. sharing ideas and for um, um, really offering your, to, your, 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 your talents to a fairly wide audience of people who can take advantage of it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you. 
No problem. Thanks for um, listening today and thanks for being here, Blair. And I hope everybody has a wonderful day and we'll see you next time.